off, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Carlson for Stone in front. He scores! Five, two nights. Mark Stone, two goals, one assist, three points. From the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Game five, about to put the sticks down, drop the puck, let's go. Vegas Golden Knights trying to put away the Winnipeg Jets in this first round Western Conference series. You know, the uh, possibility does exist that the Vegas Golden Knights could be the first team to advance to the second round if things fall into play. Uh, we know Toronto can get there because of the earlier start, but they have to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, and that's a closer <laughs> game uh, as we watch it uh, right now, tied up at the end of the first against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, but if Toronto doesn't win, Vegas can book its ticket and, again, keep this uh, rebound from, from last year when uh, you were dealing with all the injuries into all this euphoria of things going in the right direction. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace. When you when you look at Game 5 tonight, mm-hmm. is there a part that stands out where you say it could influence the game, it could be the storyline of the game, or oh, Vegas has to take care of this part of the game? I think, for me, the start of the game is going to be the most important. Like, You've got a Winnipeg Jets team that's on the ropes. You know they're going to be desperate. You know they're going to want to have a really strong push. And I think for the Golden Knights, if you're able to match that intensity, if you get off to a really good start in this game, perhaps you find that first goal. I feel like that's something that can kind of break the spirit of the Winnipeg Jets as they're facing elimination. So in my estimation, the start of this game is so incredibly important for both sides, but I think specifically for Vegas to kind of eliminate any idea from the Winnipeg Jets that they're going to be able to make this a game and then turn this into a series. Well, you, you can break Winnipeg's will early on tonight. Mm-hmm. That possibility is a lot of hope. Like You would love to be able to accomplish it, but uh, so much has to go into uh, something like that. It, it's unexpected. We take it, but it's uh, really best-case scenario. I, I think the part that, that is most important for Vegas isn't, that jumping on Winnipeg and and putting the pressure on them and breaking their soul uh, for coming back in the series because they are beat up and they're down 3-1 it falls more pressure on Lauren Bersois and not giving Winnipeg any type of life Vegas doesn't need a 3-1 lead after one what is more important is not giving Winnipeg any type of life or hope. And the longer you keep them at bay and at least keep it within even or, or within sight, the, the, the more doubt that they will have that the, they've, they've really got to put this away. So uh, I think it, we're saying the same thing, uh-huh. but, but on different sides of the ice, where Brassois being able to do what he did in, in game number two, that was huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to replicate that type of uh, performance uh, with with even fewer shots uh, is just as important tonight. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you're wrong. I think if you can kind of creep in with that doubt on, on any facet of the Winnipeg Jets, whether it be by putting the puck in the back of the net and beating Connor Hellebuck and, and kind of making that feel shaky, or 
by virtue of stymieing the Winnipeg Jets, not either either not giving them many chances or if they are generating chances, Loren Brossois coming up with big-time saves. All of those things can lead to the Winnipeg Jets just not having it and the Golden Knights taking advantage of situations. Yeah, you're talking about ending their will. I'm talking about not giving them any hope. Same situation. It results in, in Vegas Golden Knights having an advantage in game number five tonight in which uh, Vegas can repeat what they did in 2018. Crazy, eh? We talked about it uh, going into this series. What happened in the Western Conference Final? Uh, it... Uh, happened the same way out of the gate with Winnipeg with a stronger performance than Vegas in game number one. Mm -hmm. And then it's followed that same script with Vegas getting better and better as the series has gone along. And uh, Bruce Cassidy talked uh, today uh, about uh, different elements of the game that, uh, that he's liked regarding this series and managing the puck has certainly been one of them uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, something that they've got uh, in the groove of uh, for this game. Will Carrier uh, took today's skate. He's a game-time decision tonight. Uh, Bruce talked about what goes into that decision, among other things, during his morning media availability. Ben Goats, Las Vegas Regional. Bruce, we saw Will Carrier out there again this morning. Is he an option to go in tonight? Yeah, we'll make a game-time decision on him, so um, he's feeling better. And uh, we'll make a call tonight, but... Uh, that would be a tough decision who comes out, so I don't want to speculate on that till he goes in. So, um, But it's a good problem to have when guys are getting healthy, coming back in the lineup. Jesse Granger at The Athletic, you mentioned it, but um, how much of that decision, is it 100% up to Will's health, or is it also just the guys, that how well they're playing? Well, it's both. I think it uh, first it's Will's health, right? He's got to be medically cleared, and he's got to be comfortable playing. The second part is... If he goes in, does he make us a better team with whoever's coming out? And once the first question's answered, then the second one, we have to make that call, and we will. If, if you, then, then that's what we'll do. It doesn't matter that we're three and one with other. You know what I mean? Like you have to put your best foot forward every night. I think in this league, there's and play your best lineup. Um, that's just what I believe, uh, and um, that's what we'll do if he's ready to go. Do what's best for the team. And hopefully it's the right call. That's, a, that's what you hope for right at the end of the day when you're moving guys in and out. With that, you said it doesn't matter that it's 3-1. You, you, don't, you don't view like needing to close out now, don't want to go back or anything of like that? Is it just, it's just best player goes in now? Yeah, that's all I meant by that. I guess what I was trying to say is, you may look at it a perspective, well, why would you change the lineup when you're up three to one? It means it, you know, but to me, I look at it as, okay, but if, if we were perfect three and one, you know what I mean? We've had pockets of good, okay, and not very good to start here. So if you can put a player in that helps you get to, to, to your game and the, your ceiling, then I, th I think you owe the team to your team to do that, I guess is what I was saying. And, and the, whoever the person comes out at any position, if we get another injury, they have to feel good about what they've helped contribute too, right? But just at the end of the day, that's those are the decisions you make. I mean, if Will Carrier hadn't got hurt, he would have started the playoffs for us. We, we know that, right? So um, that's the way I'm looking at it. Bruce, how does the mindset change in a closeout game tonight, if at all? Well, our mindset shouldn't change. I think what happens is you get the one team in on the one hand that sometimes may start looking ahead. 
and it's human nature, right? Or, or we got this because there's all this conversation about being up. The other team is they're in the playoffs for a reason and, and they're desperate and they're going to have a, all the urgency they can muster because that's it for them. So you get, you get a little bit of that going on. And after that, you got to play. I mean, you, you, a lot of times, eventually, the bounces will go for maybe the team that hasn't gotten them so far. And if they feel that way, and sometimes that's what happens when you're up three to one, it'll shift a little for whatever reason. That can contribute to it. Um, I think both teams have got some breaks around the front of the net with goals. Um, they may not feel that way, but I, I feel some of theirs, they've, they, you know, they were fortunate to get a few of them. So were we. Um, and here we are. And all I know is you got to caution your team. They got to play. I mean, Carolina, number one seed, had a chance to close out at home. Boston, they didn't. It's not easy. And we don't want to pretend it is. And we don't want to talk about what everybody else is doing either. But they do have to be aware of that. That happens. So let's just make sure our focus is on what it's been. Like, we want to get better every game. And I feel we have gotten better as the series gone on. Well, we had to after game one. We had no choice because that certainly wasn't our best. But as we've gone along here, I mean, our game is building, and that's kind of the messaging to it. And if we keep building it, we'll get where we need to go. Bruce Gary Lawless, Vegas Golden Knights. The first four periods of the series, they were able to get some stuff off the rush. The last nine, you've really eliminated most of that. Ehlers is a rush guy. It looks like he's going back in. What's the key to continuing that real good play against the rush? Uh, typically starts with D's gaps, forwards, reloads, um, if they're coming out of their end, if we've managed the puck well. If you manage the puck well, you're not giving them easy transition. If you remember, we'll go back to the rush game. I think they made a good play on Connor's goal early on a faceoff. They, they, we lost our gap. They made a good play. The second was a line change. We mismanaged the puck, right? Now Dubois got a breakaway. That's on us. Um, go through it. I think Lowry's power play goal. I'm not sure we're going to overanalyze that. It's 4-1 at the time off the rush. Um, and there were some other two-on-two -two looks where I think we've adjusted as the series gone on where they've run, I call it a piggyback. You can call it a double up, a Sedin play, whatever. They got some looks off the rush where we've tightened up our coverage and identified quicker. And I think we've done a good job of that every game, limiting some of those opportunities. Even though there might not be odd man rushes, they're still good at, you know, uh, Niederreiter got one sort of on that where we, again, line change, lose our gap a bit, weren't able to close, give him credit, good shot. Stevie scored a very similar goal. So for the most part, I think we have limited. So Ehlers comes in, a lot of speed. A, you got to be mindful like with Connor and get behind you in a hurry. So even shots from the Ozone blue line, Gary, if you start risking them in there, they front a lot of pucks, they knock it down, they're gone. So we have to be, you want to score when the puck goes low to high, but you also got to be aware of what the coverage is. You might have to send it back behind the net or make a safer play. So there's a little bit of that goes in it. But to me, again, that's puck management and knowing when to pound it, knowing when they got to shoot for a stick or a safer play. And then you got to know to get the hell out of there if it breaks down. So there's a little bit of that. And, uh, you know, feelers is in. Well, again, they've got skill forwards. It won't really change necessarily our overall approach. It's just an individual. Hey, this guy can separate in a hurry. So you got to be on your toes when he's out there and, and not let him get behind you. Ben Goats, Las Vegas Regional. Uh, Bruce said you know, a couple questions ago that you thought the team game has been building throughout this series. I guess what are some areas that you think you've shown improvement in throughout the course of these well, five games? Well, that part, our rush defense, I think, has been good. I think we've managed the puck so much better the, the last three games. It shows in our forecheck. 
we've played behind them very well, created some good forecheck opportunities, good forecheck goals. Uh, overtime being the best example of one. Um, Stoney got one in uh, the earlier game two. Um, good pressure on Howie the other night generated um, some opportunities around the front of the net. So I think that's been bought into. You know, when to attack, ice available in front of the D versus ice available behind their D. When they have good gaps, we play behind them for the most part. We turn one over the other night, Winnipeg, they come right back down as Wheeler, really good look. Uh, but for the most part, we've stayed away from those issues like the Dubois goal in the first game. So that to me has been gotten progressively better. I think our D zone coverage, uh, they were shooting for tips a lot early on. Connor got one in game three. We've identified that we've got to get under those in a hurry. So I think we've done a good job protecting the middle of the ice. Something that we focused on from day one of training camp. So you know now you, you sort of see the benefits of putting the work in there, and I think we've done a good job with that. Made it a little bit easier on LB uh, to not have to deal with those those high end chances from there. Ken Bolke, Cinnamon, Not Vegas. Have you drawn on? this team's history in 3-1. They've had a couple of times where it has gone to Game 7, gotten the win a couple of times, but have you drawn on that? I haven't talked to them about it. I know they they were 3-1 against Winnipeg, and they've closed it out in five, so I think they've seen both sides. Uh, I do know that much, but the guys in the room are probably acutely aware of how it's gone. That's where you hope they share their previous experiences. You know, Quickie comes here from another... You know, Phil's been there. Um, was Petro here? On maybe one? I don't know if he's here for how much of that. So they have to talk about that internally. I think Mark Stone did right after game four as well. So now carry that into tonight and our preparation yesterday, right? I think that's where they have to start talking about that um, to make it aware. Because I think coaches have all this information, how much you give to the players. You've got to be a little bit careful. I think when it comes internally, they'll be a lot more dialed in if they're talking about it in the room. <clears throat> Managing the puck better each game. That's the uh, assumption from uh, what you get from Bruce Cassidy from his media availability today. Uh, better every game. Not perfect yet, but mm -hmm. uh, certainly uh, pockets and, and longer stretches of, of great hockey from the from the Vegas Goldenites. And you saw the when you talk about learning from your past, you, you witnessed that in the third period of game four mm -hmm. after – Winnipeg was able to rally in game three. You have. You've seen that from the Golden Knights so far throughout these playoffs. And that, you know, you – and even though – like, I know the Winnipeg Jets came back and they tied the game in game number three in the third period. I, I didn't think it was a bad third period by any stretch from the Vegas Golden Knights. I thought Winnipeg was opportunistic. Uh, really, the three opportunities that they had ended up in the back of the net. But the Golden Knights still learned a lesson from that. You don't want to – Put yourselves in that position, and I think their their third period on, in game number four was was proof positive of that. They did take care of the puck really well. I know Winnipeg made it real close by by getting that that lead just cut down to one goal. But from the Golden Knights' perspective, they did not stop attacking. Obviously, Mark Stone set up Brett Howden earlier before Howden tapped in the empty net goal where it could have been another goal on the board for the Golden Knights. I love the way that they played in the third period in game number four, and they closed out a game the way you'd like to see them close out a game. It used to be a phrase, like a multi-goal lead was uh, was really troublesome in, in the game. Mm -hmm. And what is meant by that, now it's like a three-goal lead is, is the worst lead in hockey. Most dangerous because, lead in hockey. Because teams are able to come back. And why that is is because naturally you try and play – more responsible mm -hmm. 
You don't attack as much. You really concentrate on being on the right side of the puck, but in a passive nature. And the other team gets a little bit of momentum, maybe gets the zone easier, and is able to to get some pressure. They get one goal, and now you're on your heels. They have confidence, and it and it builds from there. Uh, if it's a closer game, it's it's almost an easier game to play for Vegas, which is a team that rolls over the lines, uh, uh, really uses everybody, and and love to uh, attack uh, when when they have the puck. You get into a situation like game three and four mm-hmm. where you got multi-goal leads it becomes problemsome because you don't want to be that line that gives up a breakaway or an odd man rush yeah. so you're 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 too defensive and it, it is absolutely understandable so in a in a strange sense a one goal game tonight while it's stressful would probably be easier for the players to play mm-hmm. than trying to defend a more uh extended advantage does that make sense yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a natural exhalation. I don't want to call it relaxation because you're not relaxed. You're, you're still doing what you need to do to try to win. You, you don't want to take risks. You want to be conservative for sure when you've got a multi-goal lead. But when it's, when it's tighter, when it's a one-goal lead, when, when you know, there's still kind of questions here and there as to <laughs> what looms in the balance for these hockey clubs, I, I do think that that is an opportunity where you don't really change up your game. You're, you're not worried so much about mistakes because you're still actively trying to get that cushion, and I think that's maybe what you're talking about there. You can hear the rehearsals going on in the background at T-Mobile Arena here at the Fortress as game presentation goes through their rehearsals ahead of game number five at the Fortress. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights trying to bounce the Winnipeg Jets in the first elimination game for the Golden Knights in this postseason, and they're on the right side of it. Uh, I can't imagine what it would be like. You fight and you claw and you try and get into the Stanley Cup playoffs and a week in. Uh, you're down 3-1. Mm-hmm. You've lost two of your best players. There's a real mental challenge to a Winnipeg Jets hockey club tonight that not a lot of teams uh, would be familiar with uh, because of their dressing room and the different uh, storylines that surround the future of this group with free agency and contracts and things that have been uh, said in the past uh, captaincy change going into this year. It's a fragile group. Rick Bonus did a Great job late in the season of bringing them together. But what has occurred with Josh Morrissey going out early in game uh, three, uh, Mark Shifley leaving early in game four, that's that's not even mid-game. You're losing those players for for the entire contest. So Morrissey's been out for a couple of games. Uh, Shifley won. Uh, He won't go tonight. Uh, The mental part of it and trying to will yourself into this series is a real thing for, for, for Winnipeg. And that's why you mentioned being able to jump on Winnipeg potentially, not at the expense of not managing the puck. And that's an area I think Vegas will have to guard against, is not trying to put the hammer down early against Winnipeg, but rather accept the opportunities by playing the right way, which is difficult to do. If you've got a chance and you try to make a play at dangle instead of making what uh, Bruce Cassidy would consider the, the more responsible play, uh, because everybody wants to uh, be able to end any doubt uh, in this thing early on tonight, there's there's uh, a side of it from, from Vegas that's going to test the responsibility part of the game, but also a mental challenge for the Winnipeg Jets just to be in this thing at all. 
it'll be real interesting from from my perspective to see how the Jets come out. Uh, to their credit, in losing Josh Morrissey, in losing Mark Shifley, they have not quit on this series. They have not quit on this series. They have not quit on each other. And, and there's, you know, you got to acknowledge that from the Winnipeg Jets side. But they, but they were they were a fragile team coming into the series before those injuries. They were, but they haven't quit. Like there was every reason. Josh Morrissey goes down. You're down four one going into the third period. There's every reason to pack it in there, and they didn't do that. So I don't get the sense that looking at this game five, like. It's free. Like it's the ability to play free right now for the Winnipeg Jets. There's no tomorrow. You've got to go out there. You 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 know what you're up against. You know what's happened internally in terms of your roster and the players unavailable. Like everyone's counting you out now. So I, I would expect that the Winnipeg Jets are going to have an, an air like an air of freeness in their game. Yeah, I don't know about that. I I honestly am am fascinated to watch mm-hmm. what will happen with this group who I've been familiar with for years, uh, uh, going back uh, with his with his franchise and following the ups and downs and trials and tribulations uh, of the the Winnipeg Jets roster. And I put it 50% on a great response mm. tonight with their backs against the wall trying to extend this series. I would put 30%. In it not being a great game at all, yeah. and 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 uh, with Shifley and Morrissey out and uh, being down, and Shifley and Morrissey being out are big, but yeah, you're also no, down three-one in the series, right? And that's the difference between Game Three and being able to rally in the third period. Is that was a one-one set in, in the series. Now you now you really uh, up against it. So I go fifty percent. You're going to see a, a really good response. That, that Vegas is going to have to take care of and and uh, and beat and rival uh, on, on the same ice, but there's there's I give it thirty percent where it might not be much of a game, and and you might see uh, an easier night for the Vegas Golden Knights, and then you got twenty percent where I, I I that's my I don't know you don't know but yeah. but uh, but I'm not going to say that that winnipeg won't put up a fight i think there's enough uh, I, I admire rick bonus greatly and uh there's uh, there's players on that kyle connor and uh uh who i love and neil pionk uh who i think is is a great professional uh w- will be in there mm-hmm. it just whether everybody believes that without two of your best players and nikolai Ehlers coming back not having played for a couple of weeks you can really get this done because it's not just getting through tonight sure you gotta you gotta find a way to get through uh a game in six in winnipeg and then a game seven back here that's that's a big uphill climb yes it is however you 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 chip away one game at a time right you win one game all of a sudden pressure leaves you he's easier to do when you got your two best players i i i agree with you i'm just saying i understand game three Sure. It's a 1-1 series. You have an opportunity to go up two games to one. You're at home. I, I get it. I do. And there's more opportunity here on the road if things don't necessarily go well early on to kind of pack it in. Like, I get that. I, I, I do. But I've been impressed by the Winnipeg Jets' ability to not pack it in, to not give up, to to try and, and hang in as long as they possibly can in this series. The deck is stacked against them. And I think you're, you're you're right to a degree, right? Like we don't we didn't know what we were getting from the Winnipeg Jets going into the series, just based on how their season was. I don't necessarily know what I'm expecting from them. I just don't feel like I'm expecting them 
to pack it in tonight. Like this was a coach challenging their players to give a crap. Sure. With three and a half weeks to go in the season. Yes. Like they got to find some. You take that into the situation they're in right now. Boy, that that opened the door for an easier night. But I get 50% of me is like, it's a National Hockey League. It's They're going to find a way to be yeah. competitive. Yeah. Uh, that, that group will be a, a match. It's one of the most interesting parts of this game uh, that, that I'm following. Uh, for Vegas, though, you, you want to put them away. You, you watch what the New York Islanders did in Carolina, mm-hmm. a tough environment. Mm-hmm. Islanders extended their series. The Florida Panthers have won two of the three games in Boston yep. in this first-round series against the record-setting Boston Bruins. Sure have. That's how difficult it is to win an elimination game when a 64-win team couldn't do it against the, the Boston Bruins, and there was hiccups in Boston's game. Mm-hmm. There was a looseness in Boston's game, including right down to Matthew Kachuk's game-winning goal. So not everything is in the bank just because Winnipeg has had an up-and-down season. Zach Whitecloud offered this great line this morning, uh, uh, along with saying it's going to be cool to see Will Carrier play if he can play. Mm -hmm. Uh, That that would be awesome. But he said, uh, 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 talking about winning an elimination game and ending the season of the other club, and whether there's extra emphasis or whether you have to put uh, something added into it to make sure because you know the other team is trying to extend their season. Uh, And I've never heard this before or articulated uh, before uh, from a player like Zach did this day today. He said, we we just want to win. Whether it's game one, game three, or an elimination game. We just want to win hockey games. If it ends up being an elimination game, great. But we, we want to win early in the series. Mm-hmm. We want to win late in the series because that's the fun of the game. And you do that enough, you'll end up being on the right side of the series. It was a wonderful – I actually hung back and, and, and said to him, that, 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 was, that was so cool. And we had uh, this extra conversation about, about Will after that, uh, that I uh, relayed to you earlier uh, in, in hour number one. But uh, game one, game five – they're the same. They didn't produce in game number one, which is partly why we're playing game five. But just go out and, and win a hockey game because that's what this is all about, winning each night. If you do that enough, you're going to win a series. Yeah, it makes makes a lot of sense. So much. <laughs> I was surprised that I'd never heard that from a player before. Yeah, you. I mean, it, it's not surprising, right? We know ex- exactly how, especially Zach Whitecliffe, like how in, incredibly – intense and 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 how um competitive he is how much he loves winning and and i think for you know for us to kind of sit back and and recognize that you know elimination games you put a lot of emphasis in them you got to get to four inside of seven we all know that but if you can kind of compartmentalize it as doesn't matter where it is doesn't matter what the score is doesn't matter uh what the series says just want to go out there and win a hockey game i I think that's the great uh, a great attitude to have going into this one uh you've got a great attitude regarding the toronto maple leafs and the potential to win their first playoff series in 19 years they're up three games to one entering game five at home against the tampa bay lightning who have gone to three straight stanley cup finals 
We will dive into that, plus an update on the Edmonton Oilers and the Los Angeles Kings series. Remember that set? We, we might have to do a one-hour special on that series <laughs> because everybody's forgotten about it. Uh, we'll tell you why as we continue with one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League from T-Mobile Arena on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Carlson left corner, centered, one-timer, score! It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. All right, we're tracking the out-of-town scoreboard. Tonight's action in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Tampa Bay Lightning and the Toronto Maple Leafs underway in Toronto. This is an elimination game where the Maple Leafs, who have not won a series since the early 2000s, can advance. First series win in 19 years within reach as they lead the set three games to one. But Tampa Bay has a 2-1 lead after two periods. Sounds positive for Tampa Bay, except Toronto has been miraculous in staging third period comebacks. Yes. There is a fashion of Tampa has positioned themselves in the worst possible situation uh, with what Toronto's been able to do uh, in the late going. And uh, they'll try to stay alive if they can somehow hold uh, Toronto uh, off the scoreboard the rest of the way. Uh, again, 2-1 lead for Tampa Bay after two periods, trying to extend the series to a sixth game in Tampa. Toronto's ready to explode. If they <laughs> don't make it happen tonight, I still think Toronto wins the series. I do. But the <laughs> agony of the fans will be uh, a experiment to really keep track of so it's real interesting because i i don't think the toronto maple leafs deserve to be up three games to one in this series i think that they have been outplayed for vast stretches by the the tampa bay lightning but wouldn't that be the case right like wouldn't it be that the that the toronto maple leafs finally win a first round series finally punch their ticket to round number two of the stanley cup playoffs by playing arguably one of their lesser series of the opening round like last year against tampa it was very even back and forth fantastic toronto's fortunate to be in this in this situation maybe maybe that's the change that they've needed all along yeah i don't think either team's been great certainly not defensively so many goals scored in this set you could uh, see it on the toronto front but andre vasilevsky has been victimized you know they're, they're talking about how he's vulnerable on deflections and screens yeah uh that you should listen to the shirt podcast with with kevin woodley the, the goalie yoda yeah because he really explains that it's not like he's vulnerable or he's terrible at uh-huh. screens and deflections it that's not the storyline at all uh go listen to it and and he'll break it down for you it's uh, it's really interesting how some of these narratives start and what they what they really mean. Vasilevsky is all world in every aspect. Yeah, he might be closer to the norm on deflections and screens. And people are saying, "Ah, oh, he's he's terrible. You got to take advantage of him there." Well, yeah, because he's so good everywhere else. That's the only way that you, you can you can really score. Uh, he he can win you a couple of games in a row, and 
for from a hockey standpoint, as a hockey fan, I would love for this series to go seven. I, I would oh, just come be, on. I, I just from a pure that is cruel from a pure theater standpoint. <laughs> it would be fascinating to watch. Now the other point of view is it would be nice, quite honestly, if Toronto won this game, mm-hmm. and then it would allow the rest of the series a little bit of attention because Toronto Toronto just takes up so much oxygen sure. around the National Hockey League. People are so fixated on it that they don't pay any attention to the other seven round uh, seven first round series so uh, i think it would be good for uh, the other the other series to, to get a little bit of love the irony of the toronto maple leafs a team that has not won a first round series in 19 years being the first to punch their tickets yeah round be great two would be hilarious yeah uh, we also have the new jersey devils playing the new york rangers and uh this is uh this has uh, been a, a cool series to watch because the road teams won every game. Yep. And it makes sense because they're, what, 20 miles apart? Sure. Uh, so uh, there's there's no real home ice Tough road advantage. trip. Prudential Center, I will say, uh, is, is a cavernous place at times. But when Vegas was there this year, there was an energy in that place that I haven't felt in a long time yeah. at, at, that, at that building. We know what MSG is. It's a wonderful environment. But uh, neither team's been able to take advantage of their home fans. Uh, and this is the place where Rangers scored first in the series by winning the first two games. Rangers came back and found their footing, made a, a goalie change with Akira Schmid. And now you're in game number five, New Jersey at home. Can they break the cycle? Well, they're up one nothing right now mm-hmm. uh, in the second period at home. They are. It's it is one nothing New Jersey. Andre Palat, uh, his second of the postseason, and the New Jersey Devils are, in my estimation, going to win the series. I had them picked at the beginning of the series. Uh, the fact that the Rangers were not able to kind of put them away in game number three. You come back. You win the first two on the road. You come back. Home ice advantage. You've got a real chance to to put a team that that has never been there or that hasn't been there before away and it was a squandered opportunity for the rangers full marks to the new jersey devils for kind of finding their game and 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 getting through the first couple of experiences in the postseason and they are to me the team that's absolutely in the driver's seat right now in the series that's like more recency bias because of what what the the devils did in games three and four full marks to them but i still don't have a real idea of who's going to be better or come out of this series uh, the New York Rangers uh, poured everything into this season. They've got the better goaltending. Uh, they've got uh, a, a great blue line. Uh, the New Jersey Devils can counter that with some skill on their back end and have some electric players up front. That said, game four between the Rangers and the Devils was one of the most boring playoff hockey <laughs> games I have ever watched. And that was at MSG, which is a good vibe. Mm-hmm. All the skill that's been acquired by both teams and all the skill that was already there and the potential and neither really did anything. It was uh, it was a, a shock in, in watching that game. I kept waiting for something to, to necessarily happen and there was no pushback from the Rangers and the Devils didn't really do much either. Well, the Devils got a nice play early on in the game from Jack Hughes. They now lead that. 2 nothing. by the way, and Eric Halla. 2 nothing. 
New Jersey. Thanks, Chris Chapman, for that update. Eric Holla, so uh, Hold yeah. On. Was that was that update on the air? Or I was don't that know. Yeah, it was. Air? Of course, it was on the air. I, okay. Well, I I, I can't I can't hide my my excitement. I, I know, but and we've talked about this, so I'm glad that you <laughs> you you were actually on the air, but but. Wallace was reacting like maybe you weren't on the air, and oh. so I wasn't sure whether it was over the air or not because I wanted to make fun of you. It. it it felt to me in the moment like it wasn't on the air, yes. but that being said, I I just I just kind of ran with it because I'm excited that the Devils now have a two nothing lead. As I just said, taking control of the series. This one's going seven. No, it's not. Rangers-Devils is going seven. It's not going seven. I don't know. Uh, and, I, again, I'm hoping that we get seven seventh games in the first round. So far, I'm kind of on track with that because Tampa Bay has the uh, the 2-1 lead over the Toronto Maple Leafs. What's the what's the game time on that? Do you, do you have? Because the app uh, for the National Hockey League, and uh, I can't imagine what's going on with IT. Uh, with the NHL office right now, and I'm not, I'm not poking fun, I'm not giggling yeah. or anything, because I'm an employee of the National Hockey League uh, mm-hmm. with the with the Chirp Podcast, uh, so uh, I, I can't imagine what's going on there. But the, the app is is slightly wobbly right now with uh, with not getting the the updates beyond you, the, the scores. You wanted the time yeah. left in Tampa, Toronto. Yeah. 4.37 left in the second period. Oh, so they're not actually through the second period yet. No, not according well, to what I'm looking at. I, That makes me think that Toronto's in a good, even better spot than uh, than they were <laughs> were before. Uh, Toronto trails Tampa 2-1. Uh, that city will be on edge, the city of Toronto. And the New Jersey Devils have a 2-0 lead against the New York Rangers, trying to win three in a row and match the Vegas Golden Knights for the longest winning streak thus far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Vegas has a chance this evening to win four in a row and repeat 2018 uh, against the Winnipeg Jets. Much different team. In 2018, uh, they were on that wave Mm -hmm. of first-year glory. Mm -hmm. This time around, they've got some similarities to the Misfits. Uh, Not uh, the expectations were questioned at the start of this year just like they were in the expansion year, what uh, what was going to happen. Uh, but this team uh, has a confidence and a swagger about them that uh, that I think belies what any first-year franchise could have, even when things are going good. Yeah, I, I think it's a very confident Vegas Golden Knights team, and I think it's a team that feels they, uh, they have unfinished business. They, they, they've got a goal, right? And the goal is to win the Stanley Cup. And, you know, last year, it, it didn't go their way. They didn't make the playoffs. But I think that you, you kind of lose out on that opportunity. It makes you appreciate the opportunity to be here. And, and right now, I I think the Golden Knights have some type of vibe going and some type of swagger going. And you need that on a long playoff run. Have you guys been following the Edmonton Oilers and the LA Kings series? Yes, I have. Okay. It started two months ago, <laughs> okay. that first-round yes. series, and they will get back at it on Saturday. Now, the, the reason why I'm joking, but they've had, they're have they going to have three days between games. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, yeah. off. Yeah. There's a reason for it. it, and we knew it coming in. Uh, I have a buddy in the National Hockey League uh, head office who works in the scheduling department, and, uh, and he said right away, that this is going to be a nightmare scenario, trying to block up the schedule for the LA Kings <laughs> due to the fact that the Clippers and the Lakers yeah. both in the in the NBA playoffs and yeah. uh, y- you can do a, a Saturday flip 
and, and to get game in. But during the week, if if the Clippers and the and the Lakers are, are scheduled to be at home, well, it's going to be uh, a, a real juggling act. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday uh, are days between games five and six. They'll get back at it on Saturday where the Edmonton Oilers carry a 3-2 series lead into play. Mm-hmm. There is video of the surface today showing Connor McDavid to practice and looked like he was favoring his leg. Don't buy into it. He may be banged up. There may be something going on. He may have tweaked something. Yeah, I don't, I'm not saying Connor McDavid's trying to con everybody into the fact that he's injured and he's not. Yeah, I'm sure that he's got something going on, but I saw a lot of reaction on social media saying, oh, L.A.'s good now. Just like Dryside last year with the high <laughs> ankle sprain, they they got, they got to take advantage of it. If Connor McDavid was legitimately battling something that could be serious, he wouldn't be practicing in the middle day between three three days off. The, the Oilers would, would be able to tolerate the media exposure to keeping him off the ice. Mm-hmm. That would be more of a benefit than putting him out there and risking any type of... Uh, uh, altering the injury at all or pushing it along. I don't think the Kings benefit from whatever might be ailing Connor McDavid. I think the Kings benefit from having this extended period of time off simply because if you believe in momentum, it's all on the side of the Edmonton Oilers. They probably wanted to get right back into action. And as bad as the Kings were in game number five, I would expect them to come with their best in game number six and the time off probably brings a little bit of momentum away from Edmonton and gives it to LA. Uh, Ed Grain and I have this fight about momentum. Yeah. I don't I believe in it, he doesn't, but there's been no momentum in this series. <laughs> if you've had it, you've had it for about 20 seconds and it's maybe a done. period here and there. Those are your one-timers uh, news notes from around the National Hockey League catching up with Chapman's next. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. There used to be a time when this segment didn't exist. It's one of the best things I've ever brought to this show. Catching Up with Chapman. (laughs) Hello, Christopher. Hello, Darren. How are you? I'm good. Good, good. So I'm now at the point of the day where I'm dreading having to leave the station and driving down to the arena because I know what's awaiting me. So hopefully people are already there or maybe going to wait a little bit and I don't have to deal with the nonsense getting in. But couldn't they hold on? You want people to wait so you can get in and then come to the game? Yes, it's all about me. But for for the, the people who are doing the road work, like, I cannot go anywhere in this city right now. My kid lives up off of Summerlin Parkway. They're doing road work there, down the one lane. Durango, hey, right by the station. There, yeah, I have, I have no idea. It's down to one lane for, for a big stretch, and I don't see anything happening. No, like, like it's weird because it's down to one lane for a stretch right after Anasazi, and there's nothing going on, and then it goes to two lanes, and then it goes back to one lane on the other side of Rampart. And you're, but I don't even see any equipment. No, I, I, yeah, it makes no sense. Durango, right by the station, down the one lane, road work. I came Hacienda the other day after the game. Road work. Frank Sinatra, road work. Tropicana. Well, you know people. Get, get in touch with them and find out what's going on. NDOT, get with it. What are we doing well, here? Let's, let's not call them out until... We get the information. Okay. No, 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 no. They need to be called out because, uh, Darren, I've lived here for 25 years. There, There is endless road work. It seems like they start something, 
finish it six months later, they're doing something on the same exact road. This 15 nonsense, it's going to be going on for years, and I, I can almost guarantee you in five years, they're going to tear it up and do it all over again. They are, no, no, no. They, 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 it took them 15 years to do something with the 95. It's the worst. You know and they, they still didn't improve it. What I don't get, uh, here's just my little middle pet peeve, is in most of the world, you have seasons where you can't do construction for half the year, and then you got to jam it in. Here, you can do it basically 365 days a year. Like, get it done and get it out of the way. Uh, not not all at once. All the projects going at once makes me feel like we've got a winter when we don't really have a winter here. Yeah, go to like Minnesota. They have to do it in like a four-month period. Yes. Yes, thank you. I'm sure Manitoba, same way, right? We, uh, you, you know what? Once again, you and I are so on the same page. It's amazing how much of a bond we have. I know, I know. Yeah. Telekinetic. And 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 Ryan just it, it drives him crazy that we're such good buddies. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I think I think I've usurped uh, <laughs> Ryan as as your bestie on the on the show. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but I know he can lift the the, cow, the kettlebell. Who? Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, well, oh yeah, where were you? Where were you? <laughs> I was having a meet. Oh, that was, that's what it was. I got big meetings. Okay. Yeah. TV, radio, Man- podcast Manitoba star. motivation right there. You got it, baby. Uh, By the way, fight the Devils make, game. Uh, we got to make way for the uh, insider show to the uh, pregame show. Ryan Wallace standing by with uh, the setup to the Golden Knights and the Winnipeg Jets game five coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Have fun, everybody.